Would you open God's word this morning to the book of Ephesians? We'll be reading from chapter 4, verse 7 to verse 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 to verse 16. If you're using one of the pew Bibles uh, provided in the chairs in front of you, you may find this passage on page number uh, 977. If you are visiting with us this morning, we're so glad you're here. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love for you to grab one of the Bibles provided in the chairs uh, in front of you under the the seat there, and uh, we'd love for you to have it and read it. And if you have any questions about the reading of the Bible, we would love to talk with you. Listen to God's word this morning that comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Amen. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Would you join me in prayer asking God to bless the preaching and the listening of his word. Let's pray. Gracious Father, as we have heard your word read And as we stand before the proclamation of your word, we ask, Father, that by your spirit, you would open our hearts, make us sensitive to hear, make us open to listen, make us willing to respond. We pray all this, Father, for the name of Christ, for his glory and honor, and for our edification. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The theme this morning that we are looking at is walk in discipleship. For the past several Sundays, we have been in a series of of messages that relate to the theme of how to relate to one another in the body of Christ. Uh, We have looked at the theme of walking in wisdom, walking in love, walking with a trained conscience. We have looked at the theme of walking in patience, walking with humility, walking in unity, 
And today we're looking at walking in discipleship. Now you may wonder from reading this text, where is the word discipleship here? The actual word discipleship is not in this text, but the concept of discipleship is all over this text. A definition of discipleship, and especially if you're not used to hearing the word discipleship, if you're new to Christianity, the word discipleship may seem strange to you. If you've been around the church and around Christians for a while, the word discipleship you've heard, and it can mean anything and everything. Uh, so much so that sometimes it's hard to really put your, your finger on it. So let's consider what do we mean, what do I mean when I use the word discipleship? Here's a definition that I want to submit to you this morning. Discipleship is growing with others in Christ and helping others grow in Christ. Discipleship is growing with others in Christ and helping others grow in Christ. If we understand discipleship this way, you can see how the concept of discipleship is all over the passage we have just read. And this is what we will unpack today. Uh, the, the main point of this message is simply this. Walk in discipleship by growing with others in Christ and by helping others grow in Christ. Walk in discipleship by helping, by growing with others in Christ and helping others grow in Christ. Uh, the message today will unpack the two parts of the definition of discipleship. And let's look at it together. The first part is growing with others in Christ. What does it mean to walk in discipleship? It means growing with others in Christ. And the first part of this definition, of this first point, is understanding the importance of, of growing in Christ. Christian discipleship is not an add-on to being a Christian like an extracurricular activity of Christianity. Imagine uh, a student who starts classes and starts the academic year, and uh, they not only sign up for their classes, but they begin signing up for sports, playing on the basketball team or on the football team or on the volleyball team or on the rowing team. Playing sports and signing up for those activities are not essential to being a student. Now, some may disagree with that. But the general gist of being a student is you can be a very legitimate student even if you don't sign up for those athletic sporting activities through your school. That means that those sporting activities or whatever other extracurricular activity you sign up for is not an essential part for being a student. In the same way, we want to think through that Christian discipleship is not an add-on. 
is not an extracurricular activity to being a Christian. To be a Christian is essentially to be a disciple of Jesus. To be a Christian is essentially to being a follower of Jesus. So Christian discipleship is essential to being a Christian. If you're visiting us with us today, I wonder if even the notion of being a Christian is clear to you. I don't want to just use that language without making sure you understand what we mean by it, what Scripture means by it. If you had to explain to someone, what does it mean to be a Christian? What would you say? How would you answer that question? Well, let me suggest that according to Scripture... Being a Christian means being a Christ follower. Someone who follows Jesus. Someone whose heart has been transformed by the Spirit of God so that the new heart transformation inside us begins to turn away from that which displeases God and turns to pleasing the Lord. And this is possible not through our own efforts. This is only possible as we hear the news of the gospel, that we are rebellious sinners deserving God's judgment. Yet God in His grace has sent His only begotten Son, Jesus, to live the perfect life that He requires of us, and yet we cannot. To live that perfect life in our place and yet to be crucified, to be killed on a cross in the place of sinners, taking the punishment that we deserve. So that all those who would turn away from living life without God, all those who turn away from trying to live life on their own, controlling life by themselves for their own glory, all those who turn away from such a kind of living and put their faith, put their trust in Christ would be saved, rescued, and be given a new life, a transformation of life. God raised Jesus from the dead on the third day, proving that he's able to rescue all those who turn to him by faith. Well, friends, being a Christian means being a follower of Jesus being a disciple of Christ, learning from Him, and growing as we follow Him. The, the, the language of growing in Christ is a language of following Christ. As we follow Christ, we are called to, to grow into Him, into Christ. So what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to be someone who's been changed on the inside, has repented and trusted in Christ, proving that that inner heart change has taken place through the hearing of the gospel by the Holy Spirit. And now we indeed pursue the one who saved us. But the pursuit of Christ is growing in him. And the language of growing shows up in this chapter over and over again. Let me just point to one of them. Look at verse 15. 
the apostle says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. According to this verse, Christian discipleship is growing in Christ. Now let me, let me pause here for a moment. If you heard what it means to be a Christian, if you heard the gospel in just these last few moments, and you have never turned to Christ, you've never made a profession of faith, turned away from your sin and turned to Christ, it's hard to grow in Christ if you've not made that first move. And the first call to growing in Christ is, is to actually change from your direction in life. If you've never done that, I want to encourage you to, to do that today. Even right now as you hear these words, consider turning to Christ. Because our growing in Christ is only possible if we have first turned to him. But we have, when we have turned to him, we're called to grow in him. What does that mean? What does it mean to grow in Christ? It means that we grow in our relationship with Christ. Well, how do you do that? Well, let me ask you, how do you grow in any relationship? If you want to grow in a particular relationship, what are the things you do? You spend time with the other person. You get to know what they say, what they think, what they like. That communion happens vertically with Christ as well. How do we know what he is like, what he prefers, what he wants? Get to hear his word. We get to understand what he is preferring to do and be. And we realize that his preferences are not just mere preferences. As we have heard, he is the exalted Christ whom God has exalted and has raised from the dead and has put up at the high throne of God. He's ascended above everything. He's the supreme Christ. Friends, we are called to grow in a relationship with that kind of being. We grow in Christ as we spend time in God's word, as we spend time talking with him through prayer. We grow in Christ when his values become our values. We grow in Christ when his priorities become our priorities. But notice how in verse 15, Christ is described as the head this means that we grow in Christ when we increasingly let him be the authority, the command center for us. And notice that our growth in Christ is to be in every way. Did you see that? Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head. Are you seeking to grow in Christ in every way? Not just in some ways, but in every way. Every way you can possibly think of. Is there something in your life, a particular area of your life that you can think of? Like, I am not growing in Christ in this way. In this area. Ask the Lord to reveal what are those areas that are not yet submitted to the Lordship of Christ. To the Headship of Christ. Being a Christian, 
and not wanting to grow in Christ is a red flag. It's like a, a warning light that comes on your, your car dashboard. Something is off. Something is not working properly. Being a Christian and not wanting to grow into Christ is a red light beeping. Imagine, what would you say to a baseball player whose aim in the game is just to make it to the first base for the whole game? Like, his aim in playing baseball is just to make it to first base. Even though there's opportunities to run further down the bases, all he wants is just first base. What would you say to that baseball player? Hey, do you understand this game? Now, if I was a baseball player, even I would know that part. And I don't get baseball. But at least I know that you're supposed to run from one base to the next to the next until you get to home base. Now, what is the home base for the Christian? Some of you may think, well, I just want to make it to heaven. Well, that's a good place to think about, that you want to get there. But may I say that the home base for the Christian is not just to get to heaven. The home base for the Christian is to grow and be like Jesus. Now, heaven will be the place where we will perfectly be like Christ. On this side of eternity, we will not make it fully in a perfect kind of way. But just because we don't make it in a perfect kind of way does not mean that we should sort of be okay to just stay on the first base. We keep focus on getting to the final destination, and that final destination is to be like Jesus. You say, where do I get that from? Look at verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And, and it's not just intellectual knowledge. This is not just head knowledge of who Jesus is. This is not being able to, to write a 20-page essay on who is Christ. No, it's more than that. He says, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is why we should grow. This is the end game. This is the end base, the home base, if you will. I wonder, is this your heart's desire to attain to the stature of the fullness of Christ? If we are followers of Christ, we want to grow in Christ. And if we don't want to grow in Christ, some red flags, red lights should be flashing on your dashboard. Something is off. You misunderstand the game. You're misunderstanding the point of what Christianity is about. This growth, however, in Christ is not designed to be an individualistic kind of game. It's not supposed to be a solo experience. So growing in Christ 
has a very important nuance. We're still on the point one, growing in Christ, but there's an important nuance. It happens with others. Discipleship is not merely growing in Christ and doing so alone. Discipleship is growing with others in Christ. According to this text, you grow in Christ first of all by being a member of the body of Christ. You grow in Christ first of all by being a member of the body of Christ. All of the references to growth in Ephesians 4 refer not simply to individual growth, but to the growth of the body of Christ. Do you see it in verse 13? Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The, the unity. That's, you don't have unity with yourself. The unity is the unity with the, the people who are part of the body of Christ. Our growth is never intended to be an isolated growth, but a growth in Christ with others so that our growth in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God is united with the faith of the others who are also united to Christ. So friends, our growth in Christ should be personal, but not individualistic. We grow in Christ by being with others in the body of Christ. So let me ask you, have you, have you been trying, if growth in Christ has been on your radar, that's a wonderful thing to be having on your radar, but if, have you tried to grow in Christ by yourself? Just doing it alone. Our society is very individualistic. So it feels very normal and very natural for us to do stuff alone, on our, by ourselves. But that mindset, though it is cherished and valued in our culture, is the opposite of God's design for being a follower of Jesus. Have you considered that when you are intentionally committing to a local church, you are taking a bold step forward in growing in Christ. Let me speak this morning particularly to college students who are visiting us this morning for the first time. Uh, or if there's any other guests who are visiting for the first time, I want to encourage you to consider the importance of this very basic commitment. Committing to a local church as a fundamental way of you committing to growing in Christ. Because the local church is a manifestation of the body of Christ. So I want to encourage you, particularly college students, before you commit to a campus ministry, or before you commit to some other campus discipleship venue, consider first committing to the body of Christ in a local church. And if you have time for other discipleship opportunities, uh, other ministries on campus, do so. But consider first committing to the body of Christ in a local church. Growing in Christ happens as we are connected to the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is supposed to have 
among others, pastors and teachers, as we see in this passage. The body of Christ is not just your campus discipleship group. The body of Christ is not just a ministry that you do outside of the church. The body of Christ is supposed to have, among others, pastors and teachers. So I want to encourage you to commit to growing in Christ with others by committing to a local congregation. Now what's at stake if we don't grow with others in Christ? If we choose to, to go solo, to do it on our own, what's, what's at stake? Well, consider verse 14. So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. If we don't make progress in our discipleship with others, we remain vulnerable to being fooled by others and being misled by others into wrong directions. We cannot do it alone. The lone game is more like the being a child game. And being a child, when you're compared between being a child and an adult, what's at stake is the vulnerability of not being able to discern fully what is going on and what is truly worth pursuing. That's why the Lord has blessed children with parents to guide them, to protect them, to care for them, to help them grow into maturity, to get to the place where they will make decisions on their own and make good decisions. But until their maturity happens, until their adulthood, they're still children needing the protection. And when we go solo, we play the child game. We need one another so that we may not fall trap to our own self-deception or to the deceptive schemes of others. There's a saying out there, you may have heard it or not, maturity comes with age. But sometimes age comes by itself. You may not subscribe to that for yourself, though others may think that about yourself. But may we not be the kind of Christ followers who as we age, somehow our growth remains stagnant. May we be the people who as we age, as days pass by and by, our maturity, our growth in Christ with others continues. We must grow with others in Christ so that we do not remain in a state of being vulnerable to being misled in wrong directions. So consider the importance of growing with others in Christ. It's an essential part of what it means to be walking in discipleship. But growing with others in Christ is only the first part of walking in discipleship. The second part is helping others grow in Christ. Helping others grow in Christ. We walk in discipleship not only by focusing on us growing in Christ, not only by making sure that we grow with others in Christ, but also that we help others grow in Christ. Christ followers are entrusted with a responsibility to build up the body of Christ, to help others in the body 
grow just as they are growing as well. Now, where do I see this in this passage? Look with me to verses 11 and 12. Helping others grow in Christ. Look at verses 11 and 12. And he, referring to Christ, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now look with me at this, these verses a little more carefully and, and a- answer the question, who is responsible for building up the body of Christ? According to these verses. Who is called to build up the body of Christ according to these verses? Is it the pastors? Well, they do have a role to play. Is it the deacons? I think they too have a role to play. Is it the church staff? Nothing there, although they do have a role to play. No, the the primary category of people who are responsible for the building of the body of Christ, it's the saints. The saints doing the work of ministry, of building up the body of Christ. Now, by the way, if the word saint throws you off, we're not talking about the saints who are painted on certain churches on the walls with a hollow around them. It's not talking about the perfect people. Uh, Saints here actually refers to all the children of God whom God has redeemed for himself through the blood of Jesus and whom God has set apart for his purposes. Christians in the New Testament are called saints. So if you're a Christian, you are a saint. And if you're a saint, it means that you've been set aside for God's purposes. And if you're a saint, it means that you have been entrusted with a responsibility to build up the body of Christ. The pastors and the teachers are called to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, that does not mean that pastors and teachers and and other leaders in the church don't do the, the ministry. They do the ministry, but they actually are not the only ones to do it. The primary responsibility to build up the body of Christ is entrusted to the Christians, to the saints, to you and I, if you are a member of the church, a follower of Christ. How do we carry out the responsibility to help others grow in Christ? How do we do that? This passage offers us five applications. Five applications of how we help others grow in Christ. The first way we help others grow in Christ is by looking to Christ. By looking to Christ. Before Paul speaks about the growth of the body in the fullness of Christ, he speaks about what Christ has already done. He has ascended above the heavens, far above. Look at verse 10. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Christ's aim after ascending from the earth is that he might fill all things. And you may wonder, what does that mean? It means that Christ desires for his presence and his authority and his will to permeate throughout the world. 
throughout all creation. So the fullness of Christ that we hope to experience in the body of Christ is first of all Christ's own aim for the entire creation. Christ desires to fill all things. That means Christ desires to fill you. Christ desires to fill the body of the church. Christ desires to fill all creation. So when we desire the fullness of Christ in our lives and in the body of Christ in others, we align our aim with Christ's aim. When we help others focus on Jesus, we help them in the process of being filled by Christ's aims, by his values, by his authority, by his will. Friends, this should give us great confidence that we are joining in the aims of the exalted Christ when we desire to see Christ in others. When we desire others to grow in following Jesus, we are joining the aims of the exalted Christ. Oh, friends, the work of building up the body of Christ by helping others look to Jesus is glorious work. When we help others look to Christ, we are putting a brick in this great project that God wants to put all things under the authority of Christ. We're not alone in that aim. We're joining in the project that Christ has, the exalted Christ. And this gives us confidence that this work, even though may have setbacks according to our human standards, this work will be finished. We're not left on the construction zone alone. Oh no, Christ himself, the one with high authority, is on the job doing the work through us. So when you give yourself to help others grow in Christ, you join him in the work. It's a glorious work. You help others look to him. A second way we help others follow Christ or grow in Christ is not only by helping them look to Jesus, but also by getting equipped. By getting equipped. We help others grow in Christ by getting equipped. Do you know what is one most common objection people have to the idea that we are responsible to help others grow in Christ? What's the number one objection I have met? Pastor, I don't know what to do. I, I've never done it. Or what if they ask questions I don't know how to answer? Or what, the, what does this time of really being intentional to help others grow in Christ, what does that look like? Oh, this is just for pastors. That's why we pay you to go to seminary and employ you so that you can do this work. We're just going to do the other stuff. No, dear friends, this work is for all of us. And if you feel like you don't know what to do, you are in point number two in this moment in the sermon. Get equipped. The reason God called pastors and teachers to be a part of the body of Christ is to equip the saints. It's to equip all of you who feel like you can't do it and don't know how to do it. So if you find yourself in this place 
with the excuse, I don't know how to, you are in the perfect spot in this passage. We want to equip you. We want to train you. We want to encourage you. We want to put you with others who are doing it so you can learn. This is not just about having a head knowledge. This is about doing it together in the body of Christ. Friends, we as elders would love to match you up with those who want to do it, who've been doing it, to, whether it's to work through books of Scripture together and pray together, whether it's through working through books on particular topics, read and discuss together. It's very simple. We'd love for you to, to grow in learning how to invest in one another. Our Bible studies, our small groups, whether it's a women's Bible study or the men's Bible study, they want to get started. We want to help one another in being involved in each other's lives. Our aim as a congregation is to help you and equip you in a particular kind of discipleship. And that's one-on-one -on -one discipleship. When you meet with another believer of the same gender, either to read through a passage of Scripture or a book of the Bible, or to read through another book on a particular topic, and then discuss it, talk about what it means, how it applies to you, how can you pray for one another, what's going on in your lives, what is the Lord sharing with you that you can encourage someone else, we want to encourage these kind of one-on-one -on -one relationships. Now, they're not the only way to invest in the growth of others, but they're a very, very helpful way to do it. Uh, whether that's the way you're going to do it or being in small groups or some other discipleship venues, we want to encourage you to get equipped and don't fall for the excuse, I don't know how to do it. If that's you, just come and talk to us. We'd love to help you grow and equip you through it. A third way to, to help others grow in Christ is not only to get equipped, is by, a third way is by speaking the truth in love. Look again, verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way. How do we grow up in every way? By speaking the truth in love. And this, is wor this work is not limited only to pastors and teachers, but to every member of the church. Let me suggest to you another verse, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. The Apostle Paul assumes that all Christians have a basic ability to help one another in communicating the word, in encouraging one another through scripture, in prayer, in helping one another see the values, the priorities of the word of God. An important part of helping others grow in Christ is creating opportunities where you're able to speak the word to each other. That means you got to know others. You got to know what they're going through. You got to know where they're at in their walks with Christ. In that kind of knowledge of knowing each other, we have opportunities to see how a particular verse or a particular idea may be an encouragement to a person in their challenges. One of the ways we want to encourage us to grow in getting to know one another and spending more time together, especially in this time of the pandemic, is to consider uh, either Bible studies, small group Bible studies, one-on-one -on -one discipleship relationships, play dates 
parents, consider doing playdates if you have small kids. Or one way to do it is also we're going to encourage the connect groups that we're going to start this fall. Ways in which regionally in various parts of the city, we want to encourage members to get together beyond just on Sundays, during the week as you can with other believers in this body. But consider the importance of connecting with one another for the sake of knowing each other so that you can actually speak God's word to each other in informal ways or formal ways as the Lord leads. One pastor asked a member in a prayer meeting to pray that their church would be willing to have awkward conversations. What an interesting prayer request. To be able to have awkward conversations. Now, we don't want to be awkward for the sake of being awkward. That's not the point. The point is, we want to be able to ask provoking questions. Ask questions that challenge us. But in order to have that kind of freedom to ask those questions, we want to be able to know each other. We want to be able to live life on life with one another. And this brings us to the fourth point of how do we help others grow by staying joined together. By staying joined together. Look at verse 16. From whom the whole head, after speaking of Christ, from whom the whole head joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow. What makes the body grow? How do we help each other grow in Christ? By staying joined together. Well, friends, consider the various ways you can contribute and cultivate being joined to one another. This is why we encourage, if you have not committed yourself to a local congregation, first commit to a local congregation, whether that's here or somewhere else. But once you're joined to a congregation as members, Consider having your membership directory and work through that regularly. Consider who are the people that you have not connected with in a while. Consider ways you can either call them, text them, see if you can see each other at a park, see if you can go out and have a coffee, whatever it is that helps you connect with another believer. But consider fighting against the urge of staying isolated. The reason why we're creating some opportunities for, for gatherings throughout the city is so that we can cultivate greater levels of fellowship with one another because we have observed that when we are not connecting with one another, not just on Sundays, but even throughout the week, our ability to speak the word to each other, to encourage one another, even in informal ways, is affected significantly in a diminishing way. So we want to have fellowships with each other so we can cultivate the opportunities where we can get to know one another and be able to speak the word of God to each other. And finally, how do we help others grow? By doing our part properly. Did you see in verse 16, it's not only being joined and held together by every joint. Paul says, when each part is working properly. Oh my goodness. In this moment, we have to consider that it's not sufficient just to stay connected, physically, if you will, 
to the body. Growth happens when each part does its work properly. Imagine, imagine if you stay, stay in a position in your body in such a way in which the circulation in your leg is blocked. And you stay like that for a while. What happens to your leg after 30 seconds or a minute? It starts going asleep. And you know it. You feel it. And then when you start walking, try walking on that, on that foot that has fallen asleep. It, it doesn't work properly. It needs to get reconnected well. That good circulation, good circulation of the blood happens so that that part of the body can actually function properly. Sometimes we may be tempted to just wait for others to do their part. And when we see that they're not doing their part, we become discouraged in doing our part. Say, hey, if others are not doing their part, why should I be doing my part? It's been stated that 20% of the people in a church do 80% of the work in a church. I don't know how often that's true, but so often a small minority in the life of the church does the the majority of the work in the body. What would it look like? What would it look like for each part of the body, each member of the body to work properly? Can you imagine how the growth of the body would, would grow consistently, harmoniously? Ask yourself prayerfully, do you feel you are doing your part in the body of Christ properly? as God has called you to. Again, you can only ask that question if you're a member of a local church. Quite frankly, I don't think you can answer that question if you're not a member of a local church yet. But if you are a member of a local church, ask yourself, how can you do your part in the body of Christ properly? And the primary calling all of us have are to speak the truth to each other. That is a part that is explicitly stated for all of us. If the Lord calls us to do other things as well, that's wonderful. But the one part that all of us are called to do is to speak the word to each other in the context of deep relationships. Friends, as we cultivate holding on to each other in the body of Christ, let us consider how we are doing our part. Growing in the body of Christ happens as each of us does our part properly. So how do we help others grow? The five applications. We help others grow in Christ by looking to Christ. Both ourselves and help the others look to Christ. We help others grow in Christ by getting equipped to do the work. Uh, We help others grow in Christ by speaking the truth to one another. By being joined together and by doing our part properly. We've unpacked the meaning of what it means to walk in discipleship. And we have heard this important call today, walk in discipleship by growing with others in Christ and helping others grow in Christ. To help others grow in Christ helps you grow in Christ. Would you say that your physical body would be healthy if one part of your body functioned to the same extent as you function in the body of Christ? Would you say that your body is healthy 
if one part of your body functions in the same way as you're functioning in the body of Christ. How you choose to function in the body of Christ is not only for your growth, but also for the growth of the whole body. So don't deprive the body of Christ from the growth the Lord wants to give it through you. The Lord has entrusted us a great work to be responsible for the building up of the body of Christ because he is the exalted Lord and he has chosen to delegate the work of building his body through feeble members like us. And though feeble we are, the head is strong and he has authority granted to him by God and he will see this body built fully to the fullness of the measure of Christ and we are invited to that privilege of being a part of that building up. May God help us walk in discipleship. Let's pray. Father, help us to acknowledge and see the great beauty and responsibility you have entrusted to us to be workers with you in the building up of your people so that we may be one day attaining to the fullness and the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God so that we may get to the place of arriving to the fullness of Christ. Father, help us to realize that we don't do this work alone and that we don't do this work in our own strength, but that you have equipped us and called us and assured us for this work. Father, help us to respond to the call and to come to you with hearts ready to roll up our sleeves and do our part properly in the body of Christ so that we may grow into your likeness and fullness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.